Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. Ty Hildebrand here. Dan Rubenstein right on over there. SolidVerbal at gmail.com. That is the email address. Don't forget, as you are watching all that Week 14 has to offer, maybe on Thanksgiving, maybe on Black Friday, maybe over the weekend, mm-hmm. the number is 408-VERBAL-1. That's 408-837-2251. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, if you don't want to hear your own reverb played aloud on our Sunday airwaves, don't forget, all you need to do is tweet us at SolidVerbal. Hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash SolidVerbal or find us on FanCred. Find us on Vine. We're on Vine now. I posted some Vines last weekend. Nice. Go to iTunes. Give us a ranking or a review. All of that is very helpful and adds to the allure that is the Solid Verbal. Of course, my wonderful co-host. His name is Dan Rubenstein. Sir, how are you? I'm good. I thought you were going to say if you don't like the sound of your own voice, just have a child call in to give his or her or your opinions for you. Do a so reverb by proxy. Junior reverbs? Yeah. Junior reverbs would be fun. Like, ah, I really thought Minnesota was going to win. I don't know why Bobcat Goldthwaite would be calling our line, but uh, I would I would like to hear ver- not even just children, family members, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. You know, vary it up. What would you say about a parent who has their child call into our reverb line? Responsible, mature, professional, and I, I would say trustworthy. Okay, those are all different adjectives than I was envisioning, but um, okay. we can go with that if you want to on the company boilerplate. Absolutely. All right. You know what? Actually, I want to tease something out. Oh, is this new? What is this? This is, I, I'm, this is a, I'm feeling it's a generosity of spirit moment for me. Oh, cool. Uh, come December 1, we're going to be releasing our new logo t-shirts just in time for the holidays. Yes. And a stocking um, stuffer, if you will. There will be a weekly giveaway for a free shirt. We finally sent our, was it March Madness prize? Yes. yes. To our, I, was, I think it's our uh, loyal verballer, Gary. Um, but uh, weekly giveaway in the month of December, at least $18 to $23 value. They were on like eight month back order, Gary. We're sorry. Yeah. This, they were working furiously in the plant in Asia. Uh, fair fair trade, living wages, all of the workers, I will say that. Um, and now now they're back in stock. Very exciting. Well, that's an interesting tease. Yeah. We will uh, discuss it more on the weekend. Uh, two other housekeeping notes before we jump right in. Head mm-hmm. first into college football week 14. Verbies voting, Verbies nominees now underway. If you head on out to solidverbal.com slash Verbies, if you're not familiar with the Verbies, basically, we invented our own award show, Yep. perhaps due to our own inflated sense of self-worth. I don't think it's inflated at all. I think it's justified. You can nominate candidates for our Goofy Awards. You can help mm-hmm. us invent a new Goofy Award if you are ever so inclined. All of the requests come into Mama Hildenbrandt. So if you've got nothing to offer in the way of candidacy or a new category, at least say something nice to my mom. Totally cool. Secondarily, of course... 
You can help out the Solid Verbal by filling out a short survey. You can help us stay free. All you got to do is complete a short anonymous survey. Won't take more than five minutes of your time. Your answers are going to go to help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of the Solid Verbal and the Verballer, such as yourself. If you complete the survey, you're going to be entered into an ongoing monthly raffle to win $100 on an Amazon gift card. We will not sell your email address. We won't send it around. Unless you win, in which right. case you'll be notified. All you got to do is go to podsurvey.com slash solid dash verbal podsurvey.com slash solid dash verbal. Take the survey, get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card, Daniel. Yeah, I, I can. I Am I eligible? Yeah, I have a lot of needs on Amazon. There you go. All right, let's get to uh, breaking news. <laughs> every week in advance of our college football picks dan mm-hmm. the only news i have to discuss is that both you and i if you can't tell are hopped up on caffeine this evening yeah it, it's coursing through my veins i feel it in my kneecaps i feel it in my toenails and i am i'm charged up and ready to preview rivalry week also where did you get your coffee i got it at the work cafeteria the mysterious day job has cafeteria is that the name of a hip new brewing joint a drip joint you should in, you're uh, in brooklyn you could start it right there yeah yeah work Work brew. Yeah. Um, all right. It's a dry. I had, I had a dry cappuccino. All right. I had a uh, a New Orleans iced coffee from Blue Bottle. Yeah. Here in Midtown Manhattan, and whew, rocket fuel tie. Rocket fuel. Let's keep this going then before we run out of juice. Is there any mm-hmm. news worth discussing at this juncture? Um, there are coaching rumors abound. None, I think, worth any sort of <laughs> gravy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Thanksgiving theme there. Yeah, that was good. Uh, it's just, you know, your general injuries, transfer rumors, um, turning pro rumors, but nothing uh, all too substantial. And I don't know. It's one of those rivalry. Urban Meyer says if Ohio State players punch Michigan during the game in Columbus, they're off the team. Brett Hundley has all but indicated that he's gone from UCLA. Um, Ty Montgomery is not playing against UCLA. Um other than that, not a ton. Notre I, Dame's I feel got like, some losses in there. Right. Uh, it's what it, who is it? Sheldon Day Sheldon and somebody. Sheldon Day is the big one. Sheldon yeah. Day is the big one. Yeah. yeah he's a so, big one. Oof. and Sheldon Day is one of those guys that hasn't turned the ball over at all for Notre Dame. So that's a big loss. <laughs> um, Can he play quarterback? I think if he can't go with defensive end this week, I think, or defensive tackle, I think it might be time for Sheldon, the, the wild day. The one. Okay. Yeah. On that note. Whenever we start talking about Notre Dame and making Sheldon Day puns, you know it is time to get into the game stand. I'm I'm wondering what you think of Rivalry Week, just the the matchups we see here, because I look over this and I, I can't help but think to myself, my picks have been awful. Yeah. The last couple of weeks. Like at some point between me announcing that I was going to Mexico like a week before I did and now my picks have just gone to hell. Um, some sort of weird football Montezuma's revenge, I'm assuming. In a way, I didn't get Montezuma's revenge in Mexico. I think I think you just got some of that delightful Ruben stink on you from all of my picks. It could be. So I'm going to try and it's and, not on you. I'm going to try and turn the car around in week 14. It's easily the most important week 14 this season. I think we'd agree on that. You know what you do with rivalry games, Ty? Yeah. Do you have a guess? When you're no picking idea. rivalry games. Pick on the home team? No. 
you don't pick on the home team. You'll hear this on every single show, and I would be remiss if we didn't say it on ours. Got to throw out the records, Ty. Got to throw. <laughs> Got to throw out those records. Now you might be thinking to yourself, Deshaun Watson may not play against Clemson, and Cole Stout isn't all that good. Go in the in the South Carolina game. You know what you got to do? Got to throw out that. Got to throw out those records. Got to throw out that record. That's your Thanksgiving Day weekend. Penn State might not have all that much of an offense, and that's not a it's not a rivalry game against Michigan State, but it's rivalry week. Throw out that record. Throw out that record. There's your drinking game for Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Tweet us every time you hear it. No, oh my God, your thumbs will fall off. Yeah. <laughs> throw right, out well, that record. Hey, let's start up Thanksgiving. I, I you know what? Damn it! I should <laughs> I did not plan for this. Would you, what did I should have had a turkey sound. Ah, that was, actually, that's a convincing turkey. That was pretty good. That's better than my trumpet. <laughs> oh my God, we're we're coffee drunk. Continue. Seven thirty p.m. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Fox Sports One, where all the fun and the gravy happens. TCU on the road, a six and a half point favorite at Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of football on on Thanksgiving. Uh, If you're into the NFL, you've got really good options. This game being played, I think, around the same time as Seattle, San Francisco. So you have your pick of the proverbial litter. Mm -hmm. We talk about college on the solid verbal. And with that said, it is hard not to like TCU. TCU has been really good this season, but it is hard not to be suspicious, at least a little bit. Of TCU on the road, Dan. Three road games in the Big 12. They had a three-point loss to Baylor. They should have won that game, but still a loss. A one-point win over West Virginia, and then a four-point win over Kansas. You kind of combine that with Texas winning three in a row. They're running the ball well, playing defense. Right. They're chippy. I kind of like that, and I could see a scenario where Trevon Boykin is taken out of rhythm and this game is closer than you think it should be. Closer than the experts think, Ty? Closer. <laughs> this is our cliche show on the solid yeah. rebel. Closer Lots. than the experts would think. And maybe a game where you take all the records and just throw them out the window. I was going to say 9-1 and one TCU, 6-5 and five Texas. But Thanksgiving, Texas Longhorns, you got to throw out that record. Um, Ty, I'm going to go big yeah. with this week's show. It's Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday of the year, even though I'm not going home to L.A. Uh, Mama Rubenstein wanted a year off from all sorts of holiday preparations. I can't blame her. Right. By the way, it's her birthday today. Hey, happy birthday. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go big because it's Thanksgiving week. You have you have your uh, your drop finger ready. I have. It's ready. <clears throat> Lock up them horns. Lock of the week. That is a bold play here, Dan. That's extra you know gravy. I saw the Kansas game. I saw TCU fail to do some of the little things. TCU is an excellent team. Texas, I feel like I'm, I'm not that confident in them winning this game outright. But at Texas, with an improving defense, with an improving offense, with an improved ability in the red zone, at least the percentage of touchdowns has actually been really good of late. They are finishing drives, and that was the big thing. The the Tyrone swoops, the running game, the offensive line wasn't finishing. They were getting used to a really almost dismembered offensive line. I saw the statement from uh, from Dom Espinosa, who's been out pretty much the entire season, about him leaving the program and thanking everybody to go on to the next level or whatever. I just think Texas will be able to ugly this game up. Quandre Diggs has been there for 53 years. He's getting a, he's getting a gold watch at the end of this game. <laughs> um, 
I am taking Texas here to be very close. I'm going to say 24-21. TCU walks away with it late. But with a team like Texas, with a program like Texas, it feels like this is the spot that is going to get a lot of hopes up for the Charlie Strong era, even more than they've already been raised these past couple of weeks, two, three, four weeks. Um, we hung with TCU. We hung with the top 10 team. We hung with the top five team. This Texas team's going in the right direction. What are they doing in the offseason? I'm going horns here, losing by three. Okay. So you're saying low scoring game, relatively low scoring. Relatively game. low scoring. Yeah. Because that's I my think, question. Like, how many points does Texas need to score? How many points can they score on TCU? Because TCU, TCU plays the run pretty well, Dan. They do indeed. You know, and I'm sure they got the book on Texas. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be easy for Texas to score here, but I could see them scoring somewhere in the vicinity of of 20 points. And I actually really like your pick. But instead, I am going to say TCU prevails here. A late cover, a front door cover, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe like a late 31 to 20 kind of game for TCU. Keeping the records on the shelf. Got to take them and throw them out the window. No, no. You're you're keeping the records on the shelf here. I am. Front door cover. I am. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I'm just going to let you pick first in all these games and just go the opposite direction. I think that's wow. It took you 14 weeks to realize that that was what you should be doing. Not too quick on the uptake. You've got Texas plus the six and a half. I'm going to take TCU as a road favorite. Let's move on. All right. Let's go to Friday. We've got two fantastic Pac-12 games, a really good SEC game that I don't think we saw coming, and then Nebraska-Iowa, which has a fun trophy. Um, Let's start with the Territorial Cup because that feels like it has the most postseason implications of any of these games. Uh, With all due respect to Missouri trying to get into the SEC championship game and UCLA into the Pac-12, both of these teams eligible. The winner of this game, coupled with a UCLA loss against Stanford, as weird as that might seem at the moment, goes on to play Oregon at Levi Stadium Field, whatever, in San Francisco. Arizona State coming off of a late impressive win against Wazoo at home. Arizona coming off of a very impressive win against Utah, albeit a win that left them a little bit injured with a new Solomon questionable for this game on Friday with some sort of lower extremity. I think it's a foot injury, though I may be wrong. Might be an ankle situation. Um, Nick Wilson stepped up for Arizona and looked fantastic against Utah on the ground going for over 200 yards. The defense has gotten better and better for Arizona, even though Devontae Booker ran on them quite a bit in Arizona State. An up and down team. They've lost poorly. They've lost to poor teams, but at the same token, they've they've had some incres- in, uh, incredible, incredulous, whatever, incredible Saturdays. I'm taking Arizona State here because I think it'll be very difficult for an injured a new Solomon and or a Jesse Scroggins or whoever is stepping in. If that's the case, Arizona State and Todd Graham have said that they are preparing for a new Solomon not to play. So there's a confidence level there, at least uh, outwardly. I'm going to go Sun Devils outright. I think it's a it's a pick em game at the moment. Or it's off it the board. Yeah, I got a pick. Yeah, I saw four and a half when it was on the board, when it seemed like Solomon was going to play in favor of Arizona. I think Arizona State takes the cup on the road. 38-34. What do you put in the Territorial Cup? Is it like the Stanley Cup where you drink something out of it? I'll tell you what. In Arizona, nothing ethnic. No, nothing foreign. <laughs> America only. Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Well, that's great analysis, actually. Thank you. This game's so you're on going, the game's on Fox, by the way. I'm going to yes. go Arizona because, look, you could provide all the analysis in the world. And yeah, you figure Arizona out, State's still not a great against the run. And Arizona's been running it well. You, you could figure out all the matchups. You could find out who is the edge and what all, all that great stuff. Mm hmm. 
Let's just save time and say that the winner is going to be whichever team has the ball last. Yeah. Because I feel like that's totally probably the that. scenario here. I'm going to go home team. I like Rich Rod in a big spot. They played well last week and really impressed me on the road against Utah. Yeah. So let's stick with Arizona here. I still have a bitter taste in my mouth from that ASU win over Notre Dame. I can't quite shake it. And this is all personal bias with me going Arizona. But right. let's take uh, Arizona here to win the Territorial Cup. The duel in the desert. As it you go, so dubbed. you say Arizona, and I say Arizona. Arizona versus Arizona, yes. Yeah, okay. Stanford, UCLA. We'll stay in the Pac-12 before moving on to a couple of other big conferences. Stanford coming off of a very nice win against Cal. UCLA off of an, a, a very convincing win against USC, a beat-up USC team, but still a, a quite talented Trojan team. It felt like right after this game, this would be a letdown spot for UCLA. Nope. Just the the the, the eye black, the face paint. The excitement in the Rose Bowl, um, the new coaching matchup for USC, UCLA, Stanford here coming off of a, a decent offensive performance against Cal. I mean, a really bad Cal defense and Stanford still has a terrific defense. They are still very, very, very nasty on the defensive side of the ball going against UCLA offense that has struggled at times. Ah, I it's the spread is five. Four and a Which half, five, somewhere in that four range. Four and a half, five. It feels a little bit low considering UCLA's ceiling and Stanford's basement, Stanford's valley. I'm going to stick with my thought, and I think Stanford finds a way to ugly this game up. UCLA week to week is still not anything I can fully trust. I really don't like Stanford offensively, but there's something about UCLA that I just I can't fully get behind Stanford 21, UCLA 18. Whoa! Outright. Outright. All right. Well, Chris the Capper has an opinion on this game. Let's have a listen. Hey, guys. Chris the Capper back here. A nice win on Kansas State outright last week. That brings us to 10 wins and six losses on the year. For this week, let's take UCLA minus four and a half at home against Stanford. Stanford really never got it together this year loses uh you know to 29 at Oregon to 16 at Arizona State they lost to Utah they lost to the Fighting Irish uh you know I think their best win might be at Washington and it was only by seven points in September uh on the flip side UCLA is playing you know some of the best football in the country I think the last couple of weeks knocked out Arizona at Washington USC and down at fashion in the last three weeks and the uh the Bruins know that if they win this week they clinch the Pac-12 South Another kind of fun fact, a quasi-revenge, a ton of revenge for UCLA here. Stanford's won six straight years against UCLA. So I think UCLA comes out, makes a statement, shows uh, that they're the better team, the much better team on both sides of the ball, and clinches the Pac-12 South. Let's take UCLA to win this one 28-14. So he's liking UCLA 28-14. I'm going to go with Chris. I'm not going to lock it up, but right. I like Mine the logic there. just seems low, right? It feels too low. It does. Yeah, and then that's when I that's when you go against it. It it does feel a little low. Um, okay, let's move on. I want to go to that other game on Friday in Please. the uh, SEC, two thirty mm-hmm. Eastern on Fox, Arkansas on the road, a one and a half point favorite at least at time of recording over right. the Missouri Tigers. Dan, do you want to bet against Arkansas right now? Not particularly. Do you? Not really. It's been a long no. time since they had an SEC win, let alone an SEC two-game winning streak. Right. A while since they've been bowl eligible here. We know the matchup off the top of our heads. It's the running game from Arkansas 
against the defense, the run defense in particular. So good. On the other side of the field for Missouri, they're 11th in the nation in yards per carried. You have been very complimentary of this Tiger defense so So far this season, Daniel, dating as recently as like Sunday when we talked about it. So you know the template for this game. You know the matchups. Um, I'm going to let you pick first again. Why not? Um, I'm going to go Missouri here. And it's sort of a home default answer because they can play defense and run the ball. The The defense has been whew, scary. The, the Tiger defense, as you mentioned my mentioning, uh, it has been quite scary. The front is really good. I'm not fully sold on a dinged up Brandon Allen. I don't know what his injury status is going to be come Friday and going against a good defense. You've got two extraordinarily underwhelming quarterbacks or guys that have shown themselves at various times, very much plural times to be underwhelming. I'm going to take Missouri here to to control the game. Longer drives on the ground, two good running backs that defense. Once again, Arkansas, I feel like it's a letdown spot, two big emotional wins, then going on the road to play against a team with much more to play for than Arkansas does. Missouri wins and they're in the SEC championship game. Georgia is done with their SEC schedule. I'm going to go, and this is a Missouri team that I think has given up 30 points no time since that Georgia game <laughs> Zero in early times. October. Yeah, it's it's 13, 14, 10, 27, and 21. So as bad as that offense has been, I feel like they're good enough in enough things. The special teams needs to get better against Arkansas because Arkansas will jump on mistakes as we saw last week. But I'm still saying Tigers in Columbia to take this one 20 to 13. I love that pick. I love that pick so much that I'm disagreeing with it. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I I just, you know, I'll I'll reiterate. We know the template for this game. We know Arkansas is going to try to control the clock. They're going to try to take the air out of the ball. They're going to use the pass only when necessary. And the defense has played better. That might be the real story for Arkansas. I think they can get the stops here. Yeah. I think they can win the game by playing to their template And it is a hard one for me. I do like Missouri a little bit more as a team and specifically because of that defense in the front seven. But Arkansas is on fire right now, and I don't want to try and bet against that. So give me the hogs to win this one outright. I'm going to say Arkansas wins a close one on the road, 23 to 23 to 20 in Columbia and gives Georgia another crack at the SEC title against uh, I'm going to say Alabama here. We'll get to that momentarily, but uh, right. Alabama. All right. Is that all we got on Friday? Uh, you have Nebraska, Iowa. If you have any thoughts about that. Not Iowa, the heroes trophy. To, yeah. The heroes trophy, the passing game for Iowa has gotten better and better. Um, they have a chance to go eight. Either one of these teams is going to end up eight and four uh, or let's see eight and four or nine and three or seven and five. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good game. It's at Iowa. It's in Iowa city. Uh, Amir Abdullah is fun to watch. Uh, ultimately I think Iowa is in a better spot. I think Nebraska is in a letdown mode yeah, after their loss last week to Minnesota. I'm going to take Iowa here. They'll go eight and four and they'll hang with an sec team. They shouldn't in a bowl game. Also, there's a Commonwealth cup game on ESPN on 8 PM on Friday, Virginia, a one-point road favorite against Virginia Tech. This is one game where you should only watch this if every other channel on your TV is not functioning. This is for bowl eligibility. Both teams. They're both five and six at the moment, so it's the bowl bowl. 
not only is the Commonwealth Cup on the line, but um, a lot of cups, Daniel. Yes. There's a Governor's Cup we'll talk about momentarily, a Territorial Cup. Um, don't watch this game if you've got function over like ABC or NBC or CBS or basically any other channel. Probably going to be an ugly football game, but if you are a fan of either team, it is the Bowl Bowl, and that stands for something, damn it. Yeah, I, I am. we went to the Fajita Bowl uh, analogy last week. Yeah. We've done it a couple times. This one feels like a quesadilla game. Quesadilla? This, I'll explain why quesadilla. Yes, please There's do. no real reason to watch this game. You like football. You, you, there are interesting players on each of these teams. The, a quesadilla to me is you, you look into a bag of cheese and you think, oh, I don't know if this is good. I don't know if I should be. It's, it, tastes, it, it smells a little bit funky. And I don't, I shouldn't have this, but at the same time, like, all right, let's do it. Let's make this quesadilla. Yeah. That's my quesadilla game. Sort of like the late night Wendy's game. Yes. If that makes any sense at all. Not at all. No, no. (laughs) All right. Next game. Let's go to Saturday. Let's talk about Mississippi State on the road at Ole Miss. They call this one the Egg Bowl. It's played on CBS at 3.30. Yeah. The Golden Egg Trophy here, Daniel. Mm Mm-hmm. Had eggs this morning. Speaking of eggs, let's talk about what Ole Miss did last week against Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd really prefer not to, actually. Ole I, Miss has nothing to lose here. It's it's a happy week, Ty. And talking about Ole Miss's performance, top 10 SEC team against Arkansas last week. Ole Miss does have nothing to lose. They can spoil a playoff bid by their mm-hmm. in-state rival. The game's in Oxford. Yeah. Bo Wallace's swan song, if you will. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hugh Freeze's swan swan song. Excuse me, if the message boards are to be believed, maybe he's headed elsewhere. Maybe he's not. Maybe his agents just trying to get a payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State, a two point road favorite. Who do you got here? I like Mississippi State. <laughs> um, I think, and I, it comes back to what they're playing for. They're playing for that bid. They're playing for beating the team that beat Alabama and having this impressive final notch in their belts. I think Mississippi state takes 23 to 20. They should have a better game plan than what they did against Alabama. If Dak Prescott can complete some short passes. And I think that's more on Dan Mullen and the offensive coaching staff to get him into a rhythm so that he's not just going downfield the entire time, sustained drives against the speed up Ole Miss defense, Josh Robinson with third and threes instead of third and fives uh, with screens, whatever, whatever the case may be. If Mississippi state can get in a rhythm early, I I think Ole Miss is going to get theirs through the air a bit against a pretty average Mississippi State secondary and pass defense. I don't think they're going to be able to run because they can't run against anybody. So I think ultimately Mississippi State clamps down in the red zone, which we've seen Ole Miss struggle with defenses in the red zone on offense. And they should be able to run the ball enough and should be able to pop at least a couple of big plays against this Ole Miss team that is reeling 23 to 20 Bulldogs. I'm going to go Ole Miss, if only because you took Mississippi State. That's fair. Big spot at home. Again, nothing to lose. Still a tough defense. Mm -hmm. A little bit tamer on offense without Laquan Treadwell. If Ole Miss could just run the ball a little bit. You'd feel better about it, right? So much nicer to pick, yeah. You'd feel a lot better about it. But there are a few games this season where Mississippi State's given up some points. And I feel like Ole Miss can still find a way to score uh, on the Bulldogs. Plus... I always fear the team with a de facto national championship at play. This season could have been so much more 
for Ole Miss. And it wasn't. It's a tough schedule. They had the injury. They had some chances, okay? But this season really could have been a lot more for Ole Miss and for Hugh Freeze and for Bo Wallace and certainly for Laquan Treadwell. Right. I just feel like they've got one game left here where they can really go out make an impact in the SEC, cause a stink for an in-state rival. Mm -hmm. That is not a situation where I particularly like going against the home team here with nothing to lose. So I'm going to disagree. going to take Ole Miss here. I'm going to say they win this game 28-24, to a close, hard-fought, really exciting game to watch on Saturday, a good egg bowl. I'd like Ole Miss to win. I am rooting for Ole Miss to win, if not just so we only have one SEC team in the champion in the the playoff yeah to to knock out Mississippi State who I also really like and have enjoyed watching this season it would be a nice cap for a a very much up and down season in Oxford you have them carrying off the uprights the goalposts again after the Alabama win Bo Wallace is crazier it would be cool to see Ole Miss remember 2014 in a much more positive yeah. than a what could have been year with an egg bowl win 3.30 on Big Ten Network. We've got Wisconsin yes. at home, a 13.5-point favorite over Minnesota. They play this one for Paul Bunyan's axe, which, for my money, is about the coolest thing in college oh, yeah. football. What's interesting about this game is that it will determine the Big Ten West. We talked about the scenarios on last week's show. Correct. Both Minnesota and Wisconsin won their games last week. That means that this one in Camp Randall is going to decide who plays Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship in mm-hmm. Indianapolis a week from Saturday. So And you'll be there. I <laughs> will I? No, of course you won't. Did be. we get budget for that? I don't remember. No, but I think we petitioned and we may have been successful to have our faces be on those cardboard cutouts that the Big Ten was rumored to have used to fill seats yeah. a couple of years ago. That would if we if somebody knows somebody at the Big Ten or in the Indianapolis Sports Commission, whoever puts on the Big Ten championship, if we could get our faces on the fake fan cutouts that they used to fill seats, oh man. That's the dream. Where Where is game day this week? Uh, I'm assuming not anywhere near the West Coast. No. I think they're in Alabama for like the sixth time in seven weeks. I was going to appeal to our verballers at whatever site is hosting game day that they yeah. do, the, do the solid verbal science. We've had that a few times, but. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't know if anyone in Alabama likes us. So By the way. Game day has been to as many FCS schools this season as Pac-12 and Big 12 schools combined. Does that make it the third best conference in America? I I would say it's at least the seventh or eighth. <laughs> I think they're tied for the eighth best conference. If you're going by game day, yeah. and who, which games they choose to promote via their location scouting. Oof, I mean, eighth, ninth, somewhere in there. All right. right with, they're with the SWAC. The SWAC? Yeah. So here's the deal. Minnesota, according to our metric here, our our super secret spreadsheet, is 80th in the nation in yards per carry allowed defensively. Yeah. That would not, on the surface, appear to fare very well in a game where they are opposite Melvin Gordon. No, not the greatest. All right. Wisconsin also plays pretty good defense. Minnesota is a sneaky good team, and they're a team I think you love in bowl season. I don't think I love them in this spot because Melvin Gordon, because Wisconsin's a tough place to play because Wisconsin, I think has been there before and they have some veteran leadership. Whereas Mm -hmm. I don't think Minnesota's quite had 
the level of experience in big games the way Wisconsin has. So right. I am going to side on the side of the Badgers. Badger. Let's go Wisconsin 35, Minnesota 14. You knew because of the the unspoken connection that we have that I was going to take Minnesota. So, well, good on you. Well done, because I think Minnesota is good enough to hang with any good Big Ten team. They're able to hang with Ohio State. They're able to hang pretty much with anybody. We see them beat Nebraska, even though Wisconsin did, of course, slaughter Nebraska. I think Minnesota is going to be able to hold on to the ball enough. I think they might be able to, or there's a good shot of them turning over Joel Stave and you know, flipping the field a couple of times. I don't think they're going to slow down Melvin Gordon, but I think they're going to be able to tolerate and withstand Melvin Gordon enough to lose by, we'll call it 10. I think that they'll slow this game down. They're going to, you ready for this tie? Yeah. Hmm. Not only do you have to throw the records out <laughs> in a game like this for Paul Bunyan's axe, I think Minnesota's going to take the air out of the ball. <laughs> That's my line. I love that line. I know you do. I How don't even dare know you insult my game. line? Ah, uh, you have to, uh, you know, I think it's going to be closer than the experts in the desert think. Uh, 27-17, Wisconsin. You got to throw the records out, Ty. Is that a Jesse Palmer voice? Because if you're doing the Jesse Palmer voice, no, we got to dial up some blitzes and talk about coordinators. No, I it still hasn't aired on SB Nation, but I did interview him last week, and I did the SB, I did the Jesse Palmer voice that West Coast Kevin created. Yeah, to Jesse Palmer. Do you want to hear the voice? That, I would, this, I is, would, oh, this is exactly what I said to him. I said true or false, and this question comes to to us from our uh, to my fr- from my friend Kevin, and he was like, "All right." I was like, "You're ready." And he said, "Yes," and I said. When you're playing against a Nick Aliotti defense, it all starts up front. So if you're going to give him third in California, he's going to dial up a blitz and have his guys pin his ears back, pin their ears back, something like that. What is it with the pinning of the ears back, by the way? I don't know what any of what I just said means. Who started the pin their ears back thing? Because I know know they have Herb Street say it 50 times a game in NCAA 14 and 13 and probably 12. For however Mm -hmm. long he's been in the game, players have been pinning their ears back, and I just... I don't remember people having comically large ears that they needed to pin back. I don't know where it originated and I don't care to find out because it's hilarious. The first time Kevin back to the Jesse Palmer voice. Oh, you were convinced. He had me hook, line and sinker (laughs) because I was in the car at the time. I was in the car on the way to record Mm -hmm. and I had it playing on my phone. The voice message that he left Mm -hmm. using the Jesse Palmer voice. Uh huh. And it was so believable that mm-hmm. I'm like swerving as I'm breaking every <laughs> traffic law. Yep. I'm swerving. Listen, oh my God, Jesse Palmer called. The- and then I talked to is you. That what Ty sounds like while he's driving. He's a very strange driving voice. I sound like a 14-year-old One Direction yeah. fan. <laughs> and I I talked to you when we connected on Skype and you were yeah. so unenthused. And you're like, oh, <laughs> that was just, that was Kevin. That was, that was Kev. Damn it. Yeah, I know. It happens. What game Third were we talking California. about? Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm going with uh, Skyuma. Skyuma. Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going, uh, these states hate each other, by the way. Do they? I feel like, yeah, people from Minnesota don't like Wisconsin people and vice versa, even though they've got some sort of in-state agreement that like Minnesota kids can go to Wisconsin with in-state tuition. I feel like that's a thing. Um, yeah, there's there's some bad blood. I mean, they're all going to like eat cheese afterwards and be cool, but. Um, well, it's funny you should mention bad blood. Mm, what do you got? The Sunshine Showdown. Yeah. 
3.30 ESPN. Florida State at home. Seven and a half point favorites against hated in-state Florida. It's Will Muschamp's last game. Last regular season game. Yeah. With the Florida Gators. Yeah, it's there. Well, hold on. Don't they have a do they have a game after this? No, that's it. That's it. Yeah, they canceled that Idaho game. Six and four. Yeah, they canceled the Idaho game. So seven and a half. We've been here before with Florida State. Spencer Hall wrote a great piece on SBNation.com. It's a website Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about uh, Florida State being a willing villain right now. At least Florida State fans being the willing villain. Always embrace. That's what I say. You've got a touchdown and a hook here, Daniel. Yeah. Florida has a chance to play. Spoiler, Will Muschamp has a chance to play Ron Zook and knock off Florida State in his final game. Who are you picking in this football game? I was weighing the different the different factors, you know, the rush defense of Florida State, because obviously that's what Florida will succeed with. It's it's their ground game. They're not going to succeed all that much through the air. And Florida State, frankly, is vulnerable, especially up the middle. Uh, as good as Eddie Goldman is, he is not Timmy Jernigan. Um, as I was looking at it, and it was interesting to see Florida's, and I, I was reading Bud Elliott on Tomahawk Nation right about this, Jeremy Pruitt commands the Georgia defense. What was the height of Florida's offensive year? Playing against the Georgia defense. Um, who did Jeremy Pruitt and uh, who did Jeremy Pruitt uh, coordinate last year? Yeah, Florida State. And Florida State's defense this year isn't all that different, although the emergence of of Jalen Ramsey is damn scary. I am going to take those points, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you throw the records <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm going to take the points. I think Florida State is still not good enough to run away from a pretty good defense. I don't think I can go any farther than that in talking about Florida. And Florida may be able to get something weird. May be able to get a tipped pass interception. We've seen it happen before with Florida State. A fumble. They might be able to get pressure at a weird moment and have Jameis make a mental error, which he has done this year. I don't think they're good enough to beat Florida State for four quarters because there are only like two and a half teams that I've convinced myself can beat Florida State for four full quarters. Florida's going to keep it close enough. 24-18 Florida State. First off, Daniel, if you're mm. talking about Florida getting pressure on Jameis Winston, you need to talk about them pinning their ears back and dialing up a blitz. Yeah, that's true. Secondly, if we're talking about maybe a tip pass or maybe something funny happening, I believe you're talking about just the tip. I am talking about just the tip. And finally, you as the editorial comic on this show, and that doesn't mean anything. I just made that up. I'll take it. As the court jester of the solid verbal, Daniel. How are you not locking up Florida State here? Um, that would be the funniest thing to happen all year if Will Muschamp were to knock off Florida State in the final game. Comedically, that's the apex. That's the top of the mountain. That's the chaos comedy of 2014 if that happens. I look within myself. I look to my gut for my picks. And my gut is almost entirely always wrong. I look to my gut and it had nothing to say about them Knowles. So I can only do that. And there was nothing. I like Florida State in this game. I like Florida State sort of big in this game because I think it's going to follow the template of many other games before it. I think Florida probably keeps it close, keeps it ugly for a quarter, quarter and a half. In the end, they just don't have the offense to score with second half Florida State. 
Money's moving towards the Gators, by the way. Opened at 10. It's right around seven and a half. That's right. And I don't blame people for going Gators here. I, I right. completely understand the logic. They play defense. Mm-hmm. They can run the football. Both of those things would fly in the face a little bit of what Florida State wants to do. But right. clearly, Florida State's got something to play for. Clearly, they've been in this situation before. I find it hard to believe they're not going to outscore the Gators here by, I don't know, a factor of two touchdowns. Let's say Florida State wins this game going away again, a a Louisville style, a Notre Dame style template where they just come on in the second half. Give me Florida State by a 38 to 17 final score. Fair enough. That feels about right to me. Cool. Let's close out uh, our Saturday ultra preview with the 745 iron bowl on espn at uh, by the way it feels like every game this week's on espn (laughs) right as it always is but uh, alabama playing host to in-state hated rival auburn the line has ballooned up to nine and one half daniel they play this one for the foy odk yeah sportsmanship sportsmanship trophy excuse me nine and a half in the iron bowl dan that feels yeah. like a lot of points to me. Ty, do you have the trap sounds? I do have the trap sound. Do you Please want it? Please play it for me. It's a trap. It's a trap. Please. After that emotional win against Western Carolina, <laughs> I got to feel like there's a letdown factor for the for the tide here. I just, and then Auburn, I th- we could have the first double trap game we've ever seen. Who'd they have? Samford? Yeah, Sanford. Sanford, by the way, I looked at Sanford's schedule just because that's the kind of thing I study. Michael Eubank, former Arizona State quarterback, Sanford. They started the year against TCU and closed the year out with Auburn. Nice little bookend. They schedule tougher non-conference opponents than uh, maybe Auburn. Yeah, their business model is scheduling non-conference opponents for their entire university, which I'm sure is sustainable. Oh, that's a business plan that won't ever have a burst bubble. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're getting a double trap here. I, I don't see either one of these teams motivated enough to even show up. That's the problem. Okay, so Alabama is going to win this game by a couple touchdowns because Auburn does things that are very worrisome when they have the ball, which is also sort of a little bit confusing considering what Gus Malzahn had this team doing last year offensively. He and Rhett Lashley, the offensive coordinator. Um I'm not crazy about Alabama and their their offensive line inconsistencies, but Auburn doesn't have a defense to really take advantage of that. And Auburn defensively, I I don't know what they do well. I don't know what they do well week to week. And Alabama should, especially that because it's in Tuscaloosa, which is where Blake Sims does play better um, than he does anywhere else. I think Alabama ultimately is able to pace this win. Auburn has looked flat of note, just mental errors on offense, not particularly doing much on defense. Alabama takes advantage, gets some short fields, gets turnovers, especially in the red zone. I'm going to say Alabama 31, Auburn 20. We agree. Mm. So on the double trap thing. We agree on the double trap thing. Yeah. Western Carolina takes actually to be completely serious. Alabama got hurt in that game. They did. Ashawn Robinson, Reuben Foster, who's the rotation linebacker, a blue chipper. He's a great player on special teams. And, you know, Lord knows you got to be good on special teams against Auburn. That's right. After last year. Um, 
but yeah, they are beat up. Amari Cooper dinged up. I think Cooper and Aishon should be good. Foster, I don't. I, I think that he's more questionable at this point. Uh, Blake Vogler, who's their sort of more standard tight end, or Brian Vogler, excuse me. OJ Howard, their more dynamic tight end. Um, they are not operating at full health, but I don't think Auburn's good enough. We agree on the double trap just because okay. it's funny. Just making sure. We disagree on which teams we are selecting here. I'm going to go Auburn. Okay. I am going to go Auburn plus the nine and a half. Auburn is still a good team. Auburn has a lot of the Notre Dame syndrome in them this season. And because of that, I feel like they're bound to get breaks at some point. Like it's just gone so horribly wrong for them. You mean breaks like they got last year and had the universe even out this year? (laughs) Breaks. Fair point. Fair point. But this year has been a bit of a train wreck. Yeah. Sometimes it costs you. Sometimes the karmic gods of football are against Mm -hmm. you. Sometimes the world balances out. However, this is a situation that is very similar to the one we find in the Egg Bowl, where Mm -hmm. an in-state rival has a chance to ruin things for a team that they hate. So I think Auburn plays really hard in this football game. I think Auburn is still a really solid team. Would not surprise me if Alabama comes out a little bit tight just because this is a big game. Fair enough. It's at home, which helps the Crimson Tide. No doubt to have that game in Tuscaloosa, it helps. Definitely. No doubt that Blake Sims is a different quarterback at home. But Auburn still has a really solid, really dynamic team. I think they're able to keep this one close enough, long enough. I like Alabama to win. I like Alabama to march forth into the SEC championship game, yeah. but I like them only to win this game by a 28 to 24 margin. Uh, tangential question. Yes, please. If you could have any quarterback in the SEC, East or West, at the top of the East, it's uh, it's Maddie Mock, 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 Maddie Mock, Mock, Mock. Come on, fire! Um, was that Fallout uh, Boy? Yeah, it was. That that's, was good. That's all due credit to. Uh, to Roger Sherman Hudson Mason, who actually now is a top, top sec quarterback statistically, uh, whoever's at Florida, whoever's at South Carolina in the West, Alabama, Mississippi state, Auburn, Ole Miss, A&M, Arkansas, LSU, whoever, anybody, any quarterback in that conference to take to battle against Florida state. Who is it? Wow. Where does your, where is your confidence? Well, you mean outside Bo Wallace, right? Uh, well, no, it could be Bo Wallace. It's definitely not Bo Wallace. Okay, it's okay. not Bo Wallace. It is definitely not Bo Wallace. I think the answer is probably Blake Sims. You okay. could make a case where Nick Marshall is interesting just because of his mobility. And, oh, and he won the SEC last year and was a trick play away from winning the national championship. Against Florida State last year right now. Right. My, my my line is probably Blake Sims. Sims Marshall. But, uh, but certainly Marshall. He, he okay. made an impact last year. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Is that the right answer? That's a, no, that's, it seems like an impossible question to me because I wouldn't be confident in any of these guys. I haven't seen Sims play a really good game. I don't believe. Has Sims played a really good game away from Tuscaloosa where a playoff matchup would be against Florida State? Probably, I'm looking at their, their road games. Probably Ole Miss, not. no. Arkansas, no. Tennessee, he was fine. LSU, no. I Yeah. That's amazing. Play. Yeah. It's it's almost like SEC quarterbacks are being developed by like Mavis Beacon, <laughs> by like a computer program where they're just like, and this is how you throw against cover two. You ever play Mavis Beacon? Teach of course typing? I did. How many words per minute can you can you achieve? Um, 
I last took a typing test, I think, out of college when I got an office job. 70s, 80s? I feel like we could set a line on this and find some website that would definitely that would do it for us and we could screen cap. By the way, we're going to get to back to picks in a few seconds. Yeah. The greatest typing program that exists. Mavis Beacon? No. AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. There is no better way to get fast at typing than just be like a 15-year-old girl talking to people on, on AIM. That's the only way to go. Typing's all I remember from high school. Yeah. And we played Away Mavis messages. Beacon. We played Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Yeah, there it is. I feel like I'd have to be Not favored. a real person I discovered, by the way. No, no, not at all. God. I looked that up. Yeah, that was you then. Yeah. Oh. Not a real person. I feel like no. because of my line of work in technology, mm-hmm. I would need to be favored by like five and a half words per minute. But you're pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I would say that you're, you're quicker, but I'm not bad. I don't spell as well, though. Mm, like, my spelling has gone downhill. I'm not as great of a, of a typer when it comes to accuracy, but I'm quick. We need to find a way to do this because this would yeah. keep me occupied in the offseason. Fun fact, I've never spelled the word Cincinnati correctly. <laughs> I'm not very good with the word rhythm. Mm, that's not that tough. That's not tough. I just get too many ends and T's. All right, let's next game, Ty. That's the Iron Bowl. I've got Auburn. You've got Alabama. We've disagreed on every game to this point. Mm -hmm. There are four others here on my list. Okay, let's let's zoom. Five others on my list, I should say, on my list for um, Saturday. The first we we can't not mention the game. It's at 12 p.m. Eastern. It's on ABC. Ohio State, a 21-point favorite against Michigan. I am inclined to take Michigan just because I think Brady Hoke still believes he can keep his job, and I do believe that Michigan plays enough defense maybe to keep this one close and ugly and make it uncomfortable for a bit for Ohio State. Ty, be serious. Let's talk about a real game. Okay, let's go to... No, I, I actually tend to agree. I think Michigan should be able to keep it relatively close. Um, it is truly a game. That we must throw out the records. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Michigan's able to keep it close. Their defense is good enough. Their offense is not. I think Ohio State wins this game. 37, let's see, 20 and a half. Uh, I got 21 now. 21. Okay, I'm not going to go 37. I'm going to go 28, 13. Let's go to some clean old-fashioned hate. They play this one for another cup, the Governor's True. Cup. This one's also at 12 p.m. It's on the SEC Network. It's at Georgia, where the dogs are a 12 and a half point home favorite over the rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. A weird, nuanced game with Georgia Tech's offense. Georgia Tech is plucky. Again, clean old fashioned. They're They're a division champ. They're a division champ. They're going to play Florida State, which is an interesting game we'll discuss next week. They're playing for a cup. Ooh. I think you throw the records out, Dan. I think you go Georgia Tech here plus the 12 and a half. They have the same record. Throw them out. They negate. <laughs> They're the same record, I think, in their respective conferences. Uh, Georgia Tech lost to Duke in North Carolina. They have the nice win against Clemson last week, albeit a Cole Stout Clemson team for the most part. The height of their season was probably, I don't know, was it the Virginia game? Sure. They beat Tech. No, the height of their season, they beat Miami, but Miami, with their loss to Virginia, wasn't all that impressive. Um, I am going to take Georgia here. I think Georgia is playing at a higher level at the moment, but something to note, Georgia Tech's defense has gotten better and better over the course of the season. They're good against the pass. They're not, Georgia's not going to ask Hudson Mason to do all that much. 
Um, they've gotten better against the run. They're still not fantastic. I'm going to go Georgia here. The spread once again, 12 and a half. I'm going to say it's closer than those, that 12 and a half. I'm going to say it's a four to seven to eight point game somewhere in that. I'm going to say 30 to 24 Georgia. Also on the docket, 12 PM Saturday on ESPN, another game on ESPN, the Palmetto bowl. Between mm. Clemson and South Carolina, this game currently off the board. I don't see a line. I will set the Deshaun artificial- Watson's injury status. Is Deshaun the Watson. Why. Yeah, I will set the line. Let's say Deshaun Watson plays. I will set this line haphazardly at Clemson minus two and a half. Dan, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with South Carolina. I don't know why. I am worried about Clemson and packing in the season. I'm worried about coaching rumors with Dabo and distractions. Um, South Carolina at this point, the Florida and Georgia wins look as good as ever, although they're not good. This is still a South Carolina team that lost to Tennessee, that lost to Kentucky. The Missouri loss is not nearly as bad. That was just a bad game in general. I'm going to go Clemson outright by three. I'm just going to go with Hayton Asperger. Their defense is not good at all, South Carolina, but whatever. Let's call it 21-18, somewhere in there. All right. Let's go to 3.30. By the way, I'm going to go with um, Clemson here Okay. because um, how can I phrase this? I have a friend who mm. needs Clemson to win this game to hit an eight and a half over under of wins for the season. Okay. I have a friend. And okay. he wants Clemson to win. I will say Clemson wins this game. An ugly game, regardless of which quarterback plays, Clemson wins 23-20. Okay. Let's go to 3.30 on Saturday. Speaking of ugly games. Uh-oh. 3.30 on Fox. Notre Dame on the road against USC. The battle for the jeweled shillelagh, I believe. Mm-hmm. No cup, just a shillelagh. USC and uh, awkward... Seven point favorite here. Yeah, I like USC. I'm going to go Notre Dame. Forget the goal. Feed the full tie. Again, another game where you throw the records out because they're exactly the same. I really feel like you would have liked that rhyme. Oh, that was what was that again? Do it again. It was, it was forget the goal. Yeah. The quarterback, Everett Golston. Yeah. Feed the full. Torian Folston. Can we shorten that into like a hashtag? Uh, It'd be like a long hashtag. Pro, 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 full anti goal. That's so mean and ridiculous. That's, no, Please that's don't weird. make that a hashtag. Yeah, uh, I like USC here. Uh, I think they are built in a way that they can take advantage. I, Buck Allen is one of the most underrated skill position guys in the country, and with Notre Dame's injuries up front and disappointing back half of the season, I think USC should be able to run all over Notre Dame and thus open up some play action fun to Juju Smith and Nelson Aguilar. I think just even though USC and Notre Dame are both coming off of disappointing weeks. I I'm almost positive USC will be up for this game. They're both, they both recruit nationally. They both want to trumpet a win over each other. I think USC at home is able to get the ball moving and separate themselves enough in the first half to win this game by 10. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you here. Okay. Because it hasn't been working ever since I decided to go against my own reverse jinx. I thought it was over (laughs) after the Florida state game. I can't possibly deal with, um, another loss to end out the season close out the season Mm -hmm. and i also have a friend who's very interested in the over under win total for notre dame at seven and a half at the time i think he got it Ooh. so yeah 
We need Notre Dame to win this game. We need Notre Dame to go eight and four. But I think USC probably gets the job job, job done. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Let's say mm. USC wins this game uh, b- 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 31 to 18. All right. And then finally, the Civil War. Uh-oh. It's a game they play for the vaunted Platypus Trophy, Daniel. Do you know the history of the Platypus Trophy? I know they played a game called the Toilet Bowl in like 1980, and it was really bad, and it was 0-0. <laughs> Do you know the history of the Platypus Trophy, though? Uh, I assume it's because a platypus is somewhere between a duck and a beaver. No, I'm not. Well, right, but I'm not talking about no, the... What, give, me, give me the history. Give me the etymology. I'm not talking give, about give the t- biologic significance of the trophy. Give me the origin story. I don't have the full origin story. I do know that okay. the that the trophy was stolen at one point. Okay. And they had to get the athletic directors involved to I don't know, bring the trophy out of some like showcase in a company or community pool. I'm just I'm happy that this trophy is a platypus yeah. just because I don't want Oregon State to be so motivated. If this trophy were a sheep trophy for instance, and right. my Oregon friends will understand the reference. Uh, I would imagine Oregon State would be the owner of this trophy much more often than not. I understand the sheep reference, and okay, I'm not just an Oregon making person. Sure. Yeah, just I, making I get sure. that. Right. But look up, I'm serious. Look up the history of the Platypus Trophy. You'll find it interesting. I will do that. Uh, Oregon's going to win this game by four touchdowns. Four touchdowns? Yeah. It's, it's in Corvallis. 19 and a half point spread. Oregon State will be up and excited. Unfortunately for Oregon State, they're not all that good. And Oregon is. Famous last words. Yeah. I'm going to go Oregon State plus 19 and a half. All right. They'd love nothing more than to play 41 13 Ducks. I'll say 42 to. Oh my God. Oregon State's not scoring a lot of points. (laughs) God. Come on, Ty. 78. All uh, right. 63. 42. God, this is hard to say. 42. Let's see. If it were 20, what the most realistic, fewer than 20 point win. Would be like 42, 30. It'd be 34, 17. Like it's rainy and mucky and balls slipping and there's tips. Yeah. 34, 17. 34, 34, 17. That's good. Yeah. God, I can't. Do I have to? uh, Good job. Thanks for the math. 34, 17. What else do we got this week? Those are all the college football games we want to discuss. Yeah, those are, I mean, they're, they're rivalry games that we didn't touch on. Michigan State, Penn State could be relatively interesting if Penn State's defense comes to play like they have in almost every single week. Mm-hmm. And going against Michigan State offense, that's looked very good much more often than not. So that's at least a positional matchup, a, a side matchup that we're interested in. Um, outside of that, ugh, you got the Kentucky-Louisville game. I don't imagine that's going to be all that fun, but there are there are fun things to watch about Louisville's defense and watching some of the youth of Kentucky. Maybe they win their first road game on the season. I, I'm still high. I'm still bullish on Kentucky long term. Uh, Illinois Northwestern. That's another bowl bowl. Yeah, that's both, right. Both five and six Illinois and the drive to six. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a thing. Utah, Colorado, uh, Colorado looking for their first pac 12 win this season. I'm rooting for Colorado and Mike McIntyre. I hope they do well. And, you know, really nice to see what Kyle Whittingham has done at Utah. I'm, I'm towing the, towing the line, straddling the fence there. Rutgers, Maryland, first year, big 10 teams, Stefan Diggs out for the season. Uh, I don't know. I hope somebody wins emphatically so they can be optimistic going into the off season. And then Tennessee Vandy could be the worst Vanderbilt team ever. Yeah. So I hope Vanderbilt puts up a fight at home against Tennessee. I know that's the, you know, Derek Mason would very much like to recruit better and better than James Franklin, who did a a great job himself. 
outside of that Pitt Miami, I thought both of these teams were going to be better this season, but could be an entertaining game. And then you have the apple cup. Washington's bowl eligible. Washington state will not be unfortunately with Connor Halliday going down a few weeks ago, but in terms that could just be a fun offensive game. Cause Siler miles had a nice bounce back week and put up some interesting numbers. Um, and then I, is there Pat league? I know I didn't instruct you to do so Ty, but I just want to point out that you did a fantastic job of dropping that big, nasty, throbbing, pulsing, settle down and fife. Settle down. Uh, there are kids Fort- listening. Fordham Sacred Heart, I believe, is the first round of the NCAA Division One Football Championship. Yes. Uh, nine and two Sacred Hearts have not lost on the road. Fordham ten and two, battle tested after really putting up a very good fight against the United States Army last week. Um, I'm going to go Fordham. So got dang big that there is going to be a tidal wave of emotion in New York, unlike anything we have ever seen. Yeah. I'm going to go Fordham 42 Sacred Heart 20. You know, that heart ain't so sacred anymore. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Sacred Heart might be battle tested, but they are not solid verbal approved, Dan. That's true. They have a common opponent. That opponent is Bucknell. Bucknell threw the ball all over the dang field. Uh Uh-oh. Against Sacred Heart. Fordham, the Rams, 6-0 in conference. They take this one. They win 42-20 over Bucknell. And then they, I think, have a crack at number one. New Hampshire? Boom. Next week, former school of one Chip Kelly. Ricky Santos. He, he was a quarterback. In yeah, New no, that's right. On the Walter Payton show. Yeah. So I am definitely going to go with uh, Fordham as well. We're all Fordham fans this weekend, Dan. i got to root True. for the Rams. Uh, as much as my heart has been with America's team, Florida state, I feel like this weekend, America's team, your Fordham Rams, your Fordham Rams. There you have it. Okay. Well, enjoy your Thanksgiving, Daniel. Hey, you as well. Give me the number one side dish. Number one side dish. See, what'd you go with? Broccoli and broccoli casserole is my number one. I'm still hazy on what a casserole is. You would like it very much. It's it's uh, Mama Rubenstein's recipe. Unfortunately, I don't believe we'll be having it this year since we're staying uh, on the eastern seaboard instead of Los Angeles. But that's my number one overall Thanksgiving side. I, I like to keep it simple. I like to keep it simple. I like I like me some cranberry sauce. OK. Out of the can or homemade? I kind of like out of the can. You like canberry sauce? Yeah, I kind of like it. OK. All that artificial sweetener. Oh, yeah. You like that. Well, that's how you have looked, maintained your youth, your youthful look. It's all those preservatives. Little did you know that the Mayflower floated over here on cans of cranberry sauce. That is, that is from a Ocean true story. Spray. Yeah. Okay. Northampton High School education, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the, the most concrete of the kids. Oh, my God. All right. Well, to everyone out there, wherever yeah. you may be listening to us, this is an early show. Hopefully you can mm-hmm. listen to us. On the way to grandma's house to eat some of the bird. Oh, one more thing, Ty. Yeah. Before you enjoy your Thanksgiving, I want to make sure you do one thing. Yes. Throw out those records. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta throw out those records. I never put a lock forth into the world. Oh, what's your lock? Gosh, what am I going to go with here? I've been on a bit of a losing streak. Mm, You have. You know what? I am going to go gut feeling all the way here. Ride that gut. 
Give me Arkansas outright over Mizzou. Really? Don't want to bet against Arkansas right now. They are streaking. Okay. Fair enough. They're bowl eligible. Three games in a row in the SEC. They're going to close out the year. This is true. All right. Well, big thanks again to everyone who tuned in. Don't forget to check out the pod survey at podsurvey.com slash solid slash verbal. You can help us out. If you are listening to the show this weekend, if you are interested in being part of the show mm-hmm. this weekend, 408-VERBAL-1, give us a call. We'll have it open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even the early goings on Sunday. If you'd like to call in again, leave your reverb. That's 408-837-2251. You can find us tweeting all the damn time at Solid Verbal. Also look us up on Facebook and on FanCred. Daniel. I think that's all I got. Shout out to Brandon Huffman. Yes, shout out to Brandon. You can also go to solidverbal.com slash verbies and uh, give us some nominations. Nominish. Uh, Eat your main courses before filling your plate up with some nominish. It's a Middle Middle Eastern thing. And send us pictures of your Thanksgiving Day feast. Yes, please do. For that guy over there, Mr. Dan Rubenstein in beautiful New York City. For myself, Ty Hildenbrandt here in good old Eastern PA where we're about to get dumped on by the snowstorm. So are we. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll catch you on Sunday. In the meantime, stay solid. Peace.